hey, how do you feel if I came visit you in a month or so? I know it does sound absolutely insane. Actually, spending money to buy tickets to Arizona to、uh, end up meeting somebody, but I wasn't in the slightest bit concerned. All the way from England, just to see me. Welcome to Equal Parts, a series of true love stories told by the couples themselves. Today's tale is one of gazing at the night sky and into each other's eyes. Connecting through a major astronomical event, this couple realised an undeniable force was pulling them together from opposite sides of the world. My name's Claire. I'm a private tutor in Manchester, maths and physics, and a bit of astronomy. I'm Randy, and I、uh, grew up in Wisconsin back in the states. Then we lived in Arizona for a while before I met my wife Claire, and、uh, came here to Manchester to be with her. So my partner is Randy, and we've been together, well, since 2015. As far as when we started, essentially started a relationship, but、uh, as far as physically being in the same country together, that's been four years. When I met Claire, my dad had just recently passed away, and I, I was living with my mum at the time. I was. Trying to sort my life out. <laughs> in that, I was living with my parents for a brief amount of time. I had been considering moving to North America. That's absolutely nothing to do with the fact that I ended up marrying an American. They're they're, they're completely separate, coincidental things. I was having a hard time out of work and spending lots of time online. Since I was living with my parents, and they lived kind of in the middle of nowhere. So I was spending a lot more time online than I had been while I was living in Manchester. My my dad had set up a backyard observatory before he died, and so I was using the telescopes to take lots of astrophotography pictures, like the Pleiades here, and following lots of space stuff, including the the New Horizons Pluto flyby mission, which was how I met her basically. It, it was on Twitter, and we were both interested in the same things. We. Were particularly interested in the Pluto flyby that was happening. New Horizons was just a spacecraft that was flying by Pluto, which I know sounds like it's maybe a non-event flying by Pluto because it's not like it's landing on or anything. But we didn't have any good pictures of Pluto or much information about Pluto at all until that point. Something like five years earlier, around two thousand five, two thousand seven, something like that, they had launched the New Horizons spacecraft, which, because Pluto is so far away, took like something like ten years to get out there. And then in July two thousand fifteen, it actually passed by. Like the actual like payoff was just like a couple of hours zipping past Pluto, and then then waiting for the the data to be downloaded because the bandwidth from Pluto really sucks. It, it became quite a special thing because. We had all these lovely pictures of Pluto now, and it kind of looks like it's got a heart. I don't know if that rings any bells with people. Pluto's heart—I think they, it's officially called the Tombaugh region after, after the discoverer Clyde Tombaugh, whose whose ashes were actually on the spacecraft as it went past. It was a really exciting thing for people who were interested in space, especially. It was in in astronomy discussions on Twitter a lot. There was lots of anticipation amongst the nerd crowd. So、uh, we were both on Twitter and following the official flyby, and some some of the more humorous accounts, like like when you know pretending to be Pluto. So 
I don't remember exactly what she had posted, but one of us made a joke and then the other commented on on how clever that was or something like that. I, I think in pri- private chat at that point, then we just started talking from there and started realizing that, that we really like each other and then that we really like each other. <laughs> one, one of the earliest things that, that, that started making me think, you know, more than just a nerdy friend on Twitter was, I, I referenced a Red Hot Chili Peppers song, not one of the really well-known ones, uh, Feel the Pain. And, and I like quoted some lyrics to, to it in, in, in a joke that I didn't think she would get. And she, she totally knew what I was talking about. And I was like, ooh. We ended up having a lot of DM conversations. And then eventually we ended up actually contacting each other on Skype. I certainly wasn't concerned about Skyping somebody who I only messaged on Twitter. It is very different, especially if you've got the video. It was strange because I'd not actually seen him. I think there'd been a few photographs that he'd shared, but it was definitely different seeing him in person. That was initially a bit strange, but it, it still just felt very natural and we were having quite an intimate relationship before even meeting and um and that was all via skype within a month or so she was like hey how do you feel if i came visit you in a month or so and i was like all the way from england just to see me it does seem quite bizarre looking back in that the time frame would have been very small but nothing seemed like oh my god uh i'm taking this huge jump even and i know (laughs) i know it does sound absolutely insane actually spending money to buy tickets to Arizona to uh, end up meeting somebody. But well, I wasn't in the slightest bit concerned. And I it could be partly because I'm just the sort of person that I do do things impulsively sometimes. Like I'd sort of think, I want to do this and I'll go and do that. I had romantic kind of ideas of when he because he was picking me up at the airport at phoenix airport and so like i was really excited thinking that uh, he, he would be there waiting for me when i come out and he he wasn't because he hadn't got there yet he was driving from tucson so it's not like he'd forgotten about me or anything like that it was just that it was a long journey and timekeeping isn't his strength but once I'd got inside the car, he leaned over to kiss me and we kissed. It was a lovely kiss, but I was kind of a little bit flustered because it had been a long journey and then a lot of hanging around an airport and then the stress of trying to spot which car was his. It was all a little bit exhausting. So it was a lot better afterwards. <laughs> I had made like big, lovely plans for a great seeing of all the all the sites of Arizona and we went through a little bit through New Mexico, Nevada, California. So took her on a big tour. It was out of this world. I mean he showed me so many things. Telescopes, you know, the professional top of a mountain ones. We went to oh God, how many different places did we go to? The Grand Canyon and saw Hoover Dam. I'm not very good at remembering names of things. Joshua Tree National Park. And we camped in Death Valley. You know the reputation Death Valley has for being, you know, the hottest, driest place. When we went there, it rained overnight on, our, on us. We woke up with a wet tent. And the thing that made that pretty awesome is because then the following spring, there was actually like 
beautiful blooms in Death Valley. I, I, I think she, she brought it with her. I blame her. I think that's what I did. <laughs> I remember like only a few months after we'd actually met in person that I just was like, okay, shall we get married? And he said he was annoyed because he wanted to ask me. <laughs> so next I, I went and visited her and met her parents and everything. And then we did another, like, in much the same way I had shown her Arizona. She, she showed me around Britain. He's a big fan of Wales. He's a water Welsh, so that's one thing. And also he's he's quite into the kind of uh, Gaelic type stuff. And, and and so I knew that that would be interesting. And so we went to Betisicoid. There's the fairy Glen there. I, I, I kind of awkwardly, because I found things were not in my pockets, I... I meant to propose to her while we were visiting a little place called Fairy Glen. But when we were there, he was like looking in his pockets. I discovered that, oh, I left the ring back in the hotel room drawer. I was like, what have you forgotten? And I was pretty sure what he'd forgotten, but I asked anyway. Oh, nothing. Nope, nothing special going on here. And he said, nothing of consequence. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, he, he left it in the drawer in, uh, in the B&B. And then later at night, did it over dinner at the lovely uh, Café Bettisicoid. And he did it properly with a ring and everything. We've gone back there repeatedly since then for the memories lap, but also because it's just really good food. I don't know how much people know about actually trying to marry an immigrant. But it's not as easy as people might think. There wasn't much keeping me attached to Arizona, and, and she does, does have more attachment here, especially doing her tutoring work here. And as far as the, the whole political environment goes, I, I was feeling less comfortable with how the States was trending. We had to get a fiancé visa. You've got to send evidence that it's a genuine relationship, which involved us having to send conversations we'd had and also had to prove that I was earning sufficient money. I had to get all my stuff packed up and figure out how to move nearly a household's worth overseas, which was complicated and kind of painful. And so while all that was going on in the summer, I was also planning a wedding. <laughs> and since uh, he's a fan of castles and medieval stuff, I thought, well, it would be nice to get married in a castle. I found Naworth Castle in Cumbria, but the problem was because of the laws, before we could actually get legally married, he had to be living in the UK for a certain amount of time, and it had to be proven that he was living in the UK for that certain amount of time, and we weren't going to be able to have that before the 22nd of September, which is when we wanted to get married because that was the autumnal equinox. So it was like, right, okay, we can't legally get married then. So we, we had a humanist wedding ceremony that was everything official except for legally binding. But then we had to get legally married. So we did that in a registry office in Manchester. And that was on the 31st of October. So... We've got two cool anniversaries. We've got the autumnal equinox and we've got Halloween. <laughs> we had a kind of almost a space theme because of the way that we met was the regarding the Pluto flyby. So there was 
kind of like that theme in there and the best lady. So essentially the best man in that it, it was Randy's friend, but she's a lady. Uh, she works for NASA. So it had an extra bonus space theme going on. <laughs> and my dad ended up having a, a waistcoat which had the, the planets and, and stuff on, like a really cool waistcoat. To begin with, I kind of wanted everything to be comfortable straight away in that I kind of wanted us to be like a couple that had been together for longer than than we had been when that sort of thing just has to happen naturally. I suppose things are just a slower pace now, I think would be a better way of putting it. Just this past summer when we took our little holiday while we could, our first stop was at Kyoto Observatory in the north. It's basically the, the best dark sky site within England to see the stars. And so that they have an observatory there where, you know, it was built as an aurora night, though it was, you know, fairly unlikely to see auroras. England is not the best place to do stargazing. The heart on Pluto was something that admittedly was very useful for kind of callbacks. Once there was like an anniversary kind of card that I made for him, which had the picture of Pluto, like, you know, somebody had kind of drawn it, emphasising the heart and stuff. Equal Parts is produced by me, Maria Passiam. Claire and Randy, thank you so much for sharing your meeting story. Thanks also to Audio Network for the music. For every episode of Equal Parts, I ask an artist to create an impression of the story. This week's tale has been immortalised in a super sweet image by Big Art. You can find the illustration at equalpartspodcast.co.uk, where you can also find links to more of their work. Of course, the website is also the place to go for transcripts of every episode. Next time, getting past awful first impressions. It was a bit awkward at first because it's like, oh, I don't know this person and I haven't been drinking yet. And he's not drinking, so uh, it's a bit uncomfortable and awkward. And he started talking and I was like, oh my God, he's so posh. I was like, who is he? How is he from this town? You know, we both come from a Yorkshire town, but I, I don't have much of a Yorkshire accent. He said, oh my God, you sound so posh. Oh my God, you sound so posh. And I was like, okay, great, thanks. You know, and he, I think he thought I was a little bit snobby and, you know, a little bit up my own ass, so to speak. And that's n- not entirely untrue. <laughs> <laughs>